Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. There, it's Holly Rustic again, founder of the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. And welcome again. Now we have we are in a series over the next few weeks. So last week we started off with our first in our series, the Grant Writing Made Easy, and we first covered grant language made easy. So we talked about what's the difference between a federal grant and a state contract and a foundation grant. So if you want to check that out, please do visit grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash one four zero. Yay, that was our 140th episode. So today, as we continue in our grant writing made easy, we're actually going to be talking about the actual process of writing a grant today. Here we go. Now, in this podcast, I'm going to teach you how to write winning grants. And more importantly, this will help you with your confidence if you are a beginner grant writer or even an advanced grant writer. So if you're a newbie, but you aren't sure if you can even start winning grants or if you're an advanced grant writer and you just have a hard time understanding the basic formula of the grant structure, you're going to discover how grant writers like you and me can write winning grants and why it's critical you focus on this now. Now, if you also want to get way more information that I'm going to go over today, today I'm just touching the tip of the iceberg, although it's going to be super awesome and super informative and you're definitely going to want to take some notes. But if you want a free downloadable and to join me on my live free training, my grant writing training, three proven steps to 10x your grant writing skills all at the end of um, October, please jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 141. You'll also get the show notes from today's episode, but you can click there too to sign up to join my live training. And you can also answer or ask me some questions on that training. So please do sign up. Like I said, you'll get a free downloadable. We're going to scratch the surface back even more on what we're talking about today. And it's just going to be an amazing experience. Um, Yeah, I'm super excited about it. All right, but to kind of fuel the talk, and so you can kind of get a sample of what we're going to be going over, um, we're going to talk about this today as well. So once again, if you listened to last week's podcast, we talked about the process for creating award-winning grant applications. I shared how that will immediately help you in simplifying the grant lingo so you can feel less overwhelmed. So do check that out. All right, this week I'm going to build on what we discussed by sharing the number one thing you need to master if you want to write winning grants. Think of this as your first step towards making this happen. This is an entirely new way of thinking about grant writing, so you'll want to pay close attention. I'm also going to share how to write a budget. When you know how to do this, you'll know exactly what funding you can request. The goal is to break you free of being unsure of how to ask for money. This way, you'll never have to worry about how to write winning grants, which means you'll be more confident, if, especially if you're a freelance grant writer or a beginning grant writer or an advanced grant writer, so you can actually ask for money and write that grant for different types of nonprofits. We've got a lot to cover today, so be sure to have your pen and paper ready to take notes as you follow along. Anytime you're trying to write winning grants, it's inevitable you'll hit roadblocks. You might have experienced some of these already. Things like pulling out your hair, staring at a blank screen, and not even knowing where to start. Well, here's what I know to be true. If any of this sounds familiar, it's totally normal. 
But if you simply accept this at face value, you'll never write winning grants. And I know where you're coming from. I get that it feels like some of this is out of your hands. It's frustrating to come up against these things again and again. I've been there myself and I've seen other grant writers go through the same thing. And it's especially stressful because you know that getting past these challenges are key in helping you write winning grants. So in this podcast, I'm going to make it easy for you. I'll help you avoid these usual headaches by showing you the simple steps I follow to write winning grants, which will save you lots of frustration and time. However, before we go any further, it's important I bring your attention to something that often gets overlooked as you begin to see this on a practical level. And ignoring this virtually guarantees you'll have a tough time trying to write winning grants. It's easy to think you can just start writing a grant with a blank page. This is a dangerous assumption to make, and I don't want you falling into this trap. But at some point, most of us believe this to be true, myself included. And this big assumption is why so many grant writers are struggling. Coming up, I'll reveal the truth behind the old belief that you can just start writing a grant with a blank page. And more importantly, I'll share with you what you need to know instead. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of today's podcast, starting with number one. When you really want to start writing a grant application, the first thing you need to do is get the funding opportunity announcement or request for a proposal. What I've learned is to never start with a blank page because I copy and paste what is in that FOA, the Funding Opportunity Announcement or RFP, Request for Proposal, from the criteria directly into my Word doc or my Google doc. And what I mean by this is you don't just start writing a grant without anything, right? Grants actually, the applications will be published. This is what we're looking for. This is the outline of how the grant we want you to write is done, right? So why don't you just copy and paste what the criteria is from the funding source instead of staring at a blank page and trying to start with your own thoughts? It really doesn't make any sense. So first I do this because I need to make sure the nonprofit is eligible for the grant program. But secondly, I do this because I am writing in response to what the funding source is requesting. Now, if you spend time writing a flowery narrative, but it includes way more or none of the information requested by the funding source, they are going to be very frustrated, all right? Sound harsh? It's the truth, and it's not meant to be mean at all. A lot of these funding sources receive hundreds of applications and they need to follow what their priorities are. If they don't see that you are directly responding to their individual request, they won't look favorably on your application. Another helpful reason I copy and paste the criteria into my document and then turn it into headers is that it takes my guesswork out of the game and it gives me a guide. No more blank pages. There you go, so that's your first thing to do. Number two, research the needs. In order to create a compelling case for a grant application, you need to provide statistics and actual facts. A flowery statement about how awful the situation is might get some tears, but it's not gonna get grants won. Once again, that might sound very harsh, but just listen to this. The funding source wants to know how well you can meet their priorities. So they already know there is a gap and they already know there is a need. Chances are they are as passionate as you are about solving the problem. 
but sad pictures and horrible stories don't paint a, comp a complete picture at all. They also need to have statistics, surveys, case studies, etc., to show the need. So if you are pursuing a grant to serve human trafficking survivors, do put in the number of prosecuted cases in your region or the number of trafficked victims or geographic vulnerabilities such as interstate highways, etc. Also use research when you can that is within the previous five years. Okay, once in a while you can go beyond this, but really keep in fact the last five years to really get a good gra grasp on what the actual situation is. Number three, articulate the goals and narrow your objectives. The goal or goals in a grant is the overarching outcome. This needs to be clear for both you and the funding source. If you don't even have a goal, then it's going to be super confusing for both of you. What is it you want to accomplish? And what other community goals can you tie into this? For example, in our, you know, in our example about human trafficking survivors, it might be to, to create safe homes for survivors of human trafficking in our region. This is important as it is the big picture. And of course, then what are the objectives? The objectives are peeling back that onion one layer, right? So how are you actually going to meet your goal of creating safe homes for survivors of human trafficking? How are you going to do that? You're going to do that through the objectives. And the objectives are what you then can do to reach your goal. And they need to be smart. Okay, they don't need a PhD, but they need an ac the acronym SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and time bound. So for an example, an objective to reach your goal could be by the end of quarter one to lease a fourplex apartment building that will provide housing for eight survivors of human trafficking. Do you see how specific that is? And you can also measure it because what? If you don't get the fourplex or if you don't serve that many people or if you don't do it by that time, right? So you have a lot of things that you can actually measure within this one sentence. It's pretty cool. And of course, you need to make sure it's achievable. Can you actually do that? Well, that kind of ties into your budget, and we're going to get there in just a minute. And is that relevant? Well, if you have a lot of victims of human trafficking in your area, this could be very relevant. And of course, is it time bound? Yes, by the end of quarter one, you're going to lease it. Now, you didn't say you're going to have that many um, survivors living there yet. That could be another objective. So you really want to break it down as much as possible because then to the funding source, they're going to say, oh, I totally get what they're doing with this and I can see that they can implement their, you know, meet their goal because of these objectives and they're very clear. So what other objectives do you think would be needed to reach your broad goal of creating safe homes for survivors of human trafficking in your region? What about hiring service workers or a project director, buying housing consumables, linking to food pantries for food, workforce at training, education services, etc. These are all different things that you could either do within your project or at least show that you have the partners and stakeholders to bring in these resources. Number four, of course, you also have to provide, you know, about your organization and every single grant. Sometimes you have a little bit more room on this. Sometimes you only have a few sentences, but you can make this very powerful. The main things you should really pr provide in this are include your board of directors or the experience of the key employees to carry out the services of your project. 
You can also include any experience the nonprofit has of winning grants or securing donations. This shows you have credibility in managing money. So you really want to show why the funding source should give you money because at the end of the day, that's what they're doing. So you have to show how you can actually manage money well. All right, and number five, the budget. Of course, you also have to provide a request for the actual money via a budget. It's not enough to say you need $500,000. You need to show how that money is broken down. And I encourage you to include a spreadsheet, even if you copy and paste it from an Excel into a Word doc, just so they have a clear understanding, so there's a picture of this, if you will. So I encourage grant writers to use the main categories of the federal government. Even if you're not going to use them all, you can take them out later and then put them in your grant. That's fine. But for you structurally to have something to start working with, I always use the same format. So easy. So here are the main things, the main categories. Personnel, fringe benefits, travel, contract slash consulting, equipment, supplies, other, and indirect. I'm not going to break all of these down, but I am going to show you how this could work in our example. So in our example, the leases for uh, the fourplex might fall into contracts or other. The household consumables would fall into supplies. And maybe you hire a full-time project director, then they would be in your personnel category. And probably if you're going to hire them as an employee, they'd also have to have some fringe benefits at minimum, at least FICA and workers' comp. Once again, if you use this template of categories, you might not fill in all the categories, but you have somewhere to start. This will also help you if you get multiple grants as you utilize the same categories across different grant programs, so it can save you time and energy tracking them in the same way, and you can compare and contrast them. So there you go. I know that's a lot of information in a very condensed time. So if you want to delve deeper in this and get a free downloadable, then visit grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 141 to sign up for my free live training, Three Proven Steps to 10X Your Grant Writing Skills. So let's do a quick review of what we covered today. First, we saw a whole new way to think about how to write winning grants. You can use what we learned here today to immediately help you understand the basic formula of all grant structure. Plus, you found out how to write a budget so you know what funding you can request. It's been a jam-packed podcast, so make sure you review your notes and put this into action right away. In next week's podcast, in the same series, Grant Writing Made Easy, I'm going to show you the entire process of where to find the best fit grants. It builds on everything we talked about today, and most importantly, it outlines everything from where to find grants to what are the best fit grants. So if you're a new grant writer, this will give you the exact track to run on to find the best fit grants. And if you're an experienced grant writer, then you'll learn the specific steps you can take right now to amplify the momentum you already have. Plus, you'll identify a few things which are likely holding you back from where are the best fit grants. <laughs> Just by learning what we covered today, you're one step closer to your ultimate goal. You want to increase your grant writing skills. And you and I both know it's so much more than just that because it means you'll have more confidence and skills and you'll start winning grants. And that's what really matters. So take what you've learned here today and start putting it into practice. Maybe you're just in the beginning stages or maybe you can apply it right away. The key thing is to get moving. You'll wanna take these small steps which can 
really help you get you where you want to be. Next up, I'll share the process which will help you increase your grant writing skills even more. I'm excited knowing how much of a dis difference this is going to make. I can't wait to see you next week, and I really hope to see you in the live training. So once again, jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 141 to join that. And if this is already past the date of when that live training is, don't worry about it. I'll send you to a page that I'll show you when my, when my next tr live training will be so you can be sure to get on the wait list. All right, guys, I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to this podcast episode today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do me a favor and leave a review on iTunes. Thanks so much.